Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Well, everybody is happy. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Cheerful givers. God loves cheerful givers. Amen. And it's such a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. But we're going to talk today about, well, actually, it's about Paul's conversion. But we're talking about um, how God is bringing things into alignment. God is bringing all things into alignment. So if you're feeling kind of awkward, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling like something's wrong, or what did I do, God, or I need that breakthrough, then hold on. Amen. So you have to be able to sense breakthrough. But you know what the devil does? He applies his greatest pressure to you. You know, your greatest pressure is previous to your breakthrough. And so what you need to do is hold fast to your confession, hold fast to the word of God, not give up, not be tempted, and stay with God. Stay in obedience. Don't be, because everybody is tempted. We can all get out and do stupid stuff. But we're not going to do that. We're going to hold fast. Amen. Why? Because that's the word of God. It's not just something that I'm making up. But we need to hold fast according to the word of God. Amen. So our teaching is going to come out of Acts 9. But Jesus can set you free of anything. Amen. There is nothing too hard for God to do. He can do anything. See, in this season, or I should say this era, because that's what God is calling it. So we're going to call it what God calls it. He is bringing things into alignment in your life, in your family's life. Amen. Those things that you prayed for, that you put them on the shelf and thought it would not materialize. God is bringing those things to pass. But when you are going through a process, because it is a process, there are things that must take place. People want to get off the hot seat. Well, I don't like the hot seat either. But you know what? This is a season to submit to the, the power and the authority of God. You don't run away from God's authority. You submit to it. And you do this so that God can do what he wants to do in your life. Now, why is this happening? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Need I say anything else? The kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. God wants to see us delivered and set free so that we can live for him. You know, if we have obstacles in the way, then we can't freely obey him and freely see on the opposite side of the work in the kingdom there's love peace and joy there's all of these these uh side sidebar offerings i'm gonna call them that i mean you know financial breakthrough uh children's breakthrough in your household all these things you get as you go through the process of obedience and submission to god am i making sense to anybody okay And so this is all that's going on. Sometimes we tend to overreact uh, about what God is doing. But he's doing what he's been doing for, for thousands of years. When people have problems, he comes to the rescue. But this is the thing. Sometimes it's not how you want him to do it. And there's the conflict. Amen. We don't like how God is doing something. But don't run away from the process because it's necessary. The process is necessary for your deliverance. The process is necessary for where God is taking you, for your destiny to become a manifest so that you can do things for God. Because, see, don't forget there's a dying world out there. So in the midst of you needing this, 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 and this done, God is saying there are people out there that need what you need to know what you know and so all god is doing is cleansing our hearts so that we can freely share what god has done for us amen i hope i'm making myself clear 
So Paul's conversion, I think, is a good analogy. Hallelujah. God is bringing alignment to what? He's bringing our lives in alignment with his word so that he can do these things that you've been praying for him to do. He just can't do. See, there are principles of the kingdom that God can't over, over what, overstep, over, you know, step. He won't deny himself. And so he has to abide by his rules just like we have to abide by his rules. So some things God will not do unless it's in order. And so God is putting things in order, spiritual order. And it may look different from how we see things in the natural. God is cleansing the church. He's making all the crooked places straight in our lives. He's straightening it out no matter what he has to do. Amen. He is He's just doing what needs to be done. Some things we know he needs to do, and some things we don't even know. We don't know all things. And so some things we need to have happen, and we don't really know how to do it or if it needs to be done, but God knows. And so what I'm saying is allow God to have his way in your life. Don't run from him. Run to him. He's making the crooked places straight. And he's bringing things into alignment with his word. Amen. What things, these things that cause us to fall or to keep us from fulfilling his plan. He's separating us from old friends that you don't need to be around. I mean, he's, he's allowing us to, amen. He's allowing us to become lonely. If you think you were lonely before. You will be lonely. It's good when you have a family member to go through this with. Amen. But God won't take everything away from you. He always leaves us with something because he's a compassionate God. But just the very small things, we don't need to be sidetracked. We don't need anything to get in the way of me and God. Amen. He needs to be number one on our list, especially in this season. So all he's trying to do is do a good work, to do a complete work in us. Amen. God will do a complete work. Whatever he started in you, he will finish it. And it will be to your benefit. He's not trying to take anything away from you. But in this season, it's going to be like submission season. Give it all to God. Take your medicine. You know, double up on it. You can't overdose on the word. <laughs> so do what you need to do. And if people think you're weird, that's okay. Amen. They're weird too. They're weird for not living out of the word. We live out of the word more and more every day. Amen. Those things that keep us bound like fear, sin, and disobedience. God is cleansing us from that. Everybody. Yeah, me too. And I need it. Amen. And you need it too. And so God is cleansing us. He's doing a complete and total work. It's kind of like he's putting us back on the potter's wheel. Allow him to do his work. Because you can't get to the 11th grade unless you finish 10th grade. Amen. And so if you got to go to summer school, go to summer school. But get it right and keep going with God because he is not a man that he should lie. He is not a failure and he won't let you fail. Now, some people think religion will tell you that this is all a bunch of crap. And if that's what you want to think, it's okay. Go on. But me, that's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. (laughs) We're going to believe the word. Amen. And we're going to submit to God so that we'll see our destiny. You know, God wants us to be in a specific place at a specific time to get things done. As you read the word of God and as we read about Paul, you'll see how he was in the right place at the right time to get his deliverance. He had to be in these places. In other words, we're going to have to start listening to God and not to our consciences, not to our flesh, Not to our 
crazy minds, but we need to submit all these things to God and let him put it in order. So he's straightening up the crooked church. Amen. He is straightening up the crooked church. Well, that didn't go over well, but it's still true. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Paul was uh, discipled, I'm going to say, well, I should say Saul was discipled by the devil to wipe out the, the new Christian church. But God, but God, he changed him from the inside out. Amen. He changed him so much, so he changed his name. And so we have to understand that all things are possible with God. So let's go to Acts 9. Hallelujah, if you haven't gone there already. And let's start reading in verse 1. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters for him to the synagogue of Damascus so that if he found any who were on the way and this was the way church that was started that many years ago and they were kind of a new breed church a church with freedom you know that preached truth and Paul didn't like it so the devil raised him up I'm going to say Saul because that's who he was and so uh, God raised him up to the devil raised him up to get rid of the people in the way church amen to destroy their beliefs and it still goes on today hallelujah so i'm in verse two and he asked for a letter from him to the synagogue of damascus so that if he found anyone who were of the way uh, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So in other words, he wanted to handcuff and drag them into jail for serving uh, uh, in the church through freedom. You know, as long as you were a Pharisee and you were religious and didn't believe in miracles on Sunday, you were cool. Amen. As long as you weren't breaking the law. Amen. Because the law to them, to the, to the church people, to the Pharisees, the law superseded the anointing. Amen. The law superseded the power of God. Amen. And it's still like that today. There's certain things everybody in, in traditional churches, they do it. It's on the, you know, you can look at the program and see, well, okay, what's going to happen today? But there's no freedom for the Holy Spirit and no faith for the Holy Spirit to uh, give God glory. And so this is what Saul was hired by the Satan to do, to stop the anointing. Hallelujah. So as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light <clears throat> shone around him from heaven. And then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Are you here today? He called him Lord. See, so that the devil knows God. Amen. So when I hear people say, I know God, that don't impress me. Because when you know God, people know that you, the people know who you are by your actions. Amen. They know who you are by your heart and what you do for others. They know you by how you allow God to live through you. Amen. And the devil knows God. So he answered him by saying, who are you, Lord? He heard that voice. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against these goats or these pricks. Amen. So God was after uh, Saul. He had had enough of seeing him arrest uh, and persecute Christians, and he wasn't going to put up with it anymore. Amen. Don't push God to his limits. It's a very dangerous place to be. And verse 6 says, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? (laughs) And then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. So don't ever think 
that the the devil don't know how to hear God's voice because he does. Amen. Now, he don't choose to obey God because he's in control. See, people who think that they're in control of things are not hearing from God. They're not under anybody's submission, and they don't want to be. Amen. So this is what this was uh, Saul's problem. He wanted to be over the people. No bar, no holes, hall, hall, what is it, bar, whatever. Yeah, that. And he wanted to stay on top. He didn't want to hear. He knew who God was, but he even thought God was afraid of him because he didn't want to back up. But he didn't want to submit. That's submission to the Lord. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. I read that. So he trembled and he uh, trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, arise. I read that. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice from uh, seeing no one. So the men who journeyed with him heard the voice, but they saw no one. And then Saul, Saul arose from the ground. And when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So he was struck blind. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's see. How far am I going to go? I guess I'll keep going. Verse 10 says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said, in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Lord, I am here I am, Lord. And so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. Now, that's, that's symbolic. Because what was God doing? He was getting Saul straight. So we're better to do it uh, on a, than a street called Straight. So that would go down in history. Not only to us, but in his mind. He will never forget getting straight on a street called straight. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's where we all are. We're on straight street. Amen. You can get off and turn the corner and go somewhere else if you want to, but you're still going to run into straight street. You ever been on a street and it's a detour and you try to go somewhere else, you keep winding up back on that street? Well, that's kind of where we are today in the church. Hallelujah. And it's okay because God will get you where you need to be if you allow him. See, you have to allow God to do what he wants to do. You can get off the potter's wheel whenever you want to, but you won't go anywhere. You'll keep going down straight street and just keep going around that cul-de-sac and wind up on straight street again. But it's called a process. Allow God to... Do what he wants to do in your life because your life ain't yours. You've been purchased. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's see. Let's go to nine. It says, and he was three days. Okay. Ten. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. I read that. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to straight street. Verse 12 says, and in a vision he was seen. He has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So not only did Saul hear the voice of God, he he was reading him loud and clear. Amen. He was paying close attention because that's all he could do. He couldn't see. He had to be led around. He couldn't do anything but hear the voice of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see, where am I at? 13. <laughs> it says, then Ananias, Ananias answered the Lord, I have heard from many about this man. In other words, Ananias is saying, look, God, I want to obey you, but I don't want to be bothered with Saul. Because he persecutes Christians, he kill them, he put them in jail. Don't send me over there. Amen. And let's see. 14. And there he has authority from the chief priest. To bind all who call on the name. In other words, if you call on the name of the Lord, Saul has uh, authority from the chief priest to put you in jail. And so Ananias is saying, are you sure you want me to go and see this man? 
But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Are y'all here? A chosen. See, it doesn't matter. See, people judge people all the time. What they did back in 2005 and all of this stuff. He is, if he's a chosen vessel, you repent and you line your life up with what they are doing. Amen. You can't judge a person's life. How would you like for people to judge you? There's something you've done in your life that you want to forget. No, you know, we weren't all born. We were called commissioned, but we weren't, you know, our flesh take us to places we don't want to go. And so we can't judge one another. So Ananias was judging uh, Saul, making sure with the Lord, are you sure you want me to lay hands on this man after all he's done? But that was in his past. And that's what God wants. God, see, you, we. this is why we don't need to judge people, because you don't know what God is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Where is that scripture? Oh, 15. Where it says, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. See, you don't know why people have a rough past. You don't know why people have been through or, or do have done the things that they've done. Because some people will stand when others may fall. So you have to allow God to choose people he wants to choose to get a work done. And that's all this is really about. And he doesn't need our permission. Amen. All we need to do is shut up and go with God's flow. Amen. And get off the devil's books and go with God's flow. And stop supporting what the devil is is supporting. Amen. So let's see. For I will show him how to how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me here that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you've got to see two things. Number one, he was sending Ananias to lay hands on Saul, laying hands in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that he would receive his sight. So in other words, he wanted to have revelation. He wanted him to have wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of God. And so all of this old stuff needed to fall. So this is why the uh, shackled shells or whatever fell off of his eyes so that he could begin to see how God sees things. So in other words, he was, in a sense, baptizing him in the natural and then in the power of the Holy Spirit so that he could have wisdom and revelation. And I'm going to tell you, this is is why most people cannot do a ministry if you are not baptizing the Holy Ghost. I don't know what people are doing. Because if the men of old had to do it, you got to do it too. You have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus was too. That started his ministry when he was 30 years old. He was baptized. He did not do anything until he was baptized to that, that dove ascended on him. And when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, yes, praying in tongues, that started his ministry. And if he, if he had to do it, if Saul had to do it, then we have to do it too. Yet you see people up in the pulpit that don't even pray in the Spirit. And so I don't understand how the Holy Spirit speaks to them. Amen. And forget about power because it's manufactured power. It's not the power of the Holy Ghost. And so you must wait on your ministry's anointing, and that's why you have to do that. Amen. Uh, Yes, God has called you. He's called all of us to do specific things for him. Amen. The kingdom of God is at hand, and we understand that. But you have to go in power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what Ananias, this is why he was really laying hands on Paul, Saul. He was laying hands on him to give him power. 
and so that his blind eyes would open up and he would see things through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Verse 16. This is where I will show him how many things he, oh, I did that. Where am I at? Okay. Yeah, 18. It says, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. Now, that was when the blindness was coming off of him. And he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Are y'all here? So these things had to be before he went out in ministry. 19. So when he had received food, he was strengthened, because don't forget he hadn't eaten or drank in three days. Then Saul went, <clears throat> Saul went some days with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20. And immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the son of God. So there Saul is, a, a persecutor of the Christians and the Jews and, you know, putting people in jail. He was like uh, ice, only doing it for the wrong reason. And as soon as he had hands laid upon him and received the baptism, the scales fell off of his eyes. See, if you don't have it, you can't see. And this is one thing that the scripture is trying to show us. Amen. And then he preached. He went abroad, publicly proclaiming Jesus as Lord. And that's what happened. Amen. And verse, uh, let's see, 21 says, And then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on the name of Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more. And that's what you have to do when people talk about you the wrong way. Keep doing what you're doing all the more. He says, and he confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Amen. And so he uh, was started to feel that persecution, that persecution that he sent out so eagerly. He was getting it back, amen, but for the right reason. Let's flip over to 2 Corinthians 4. There's just a little scripture in there I want to read. 2 Corinthians 4, hallelujah. Verse 7. Praise God. Uh, let's see. 2 Corinthians 4. <clears throat> it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And that's all God is trying to do with Saul. And that's all he's trying to do through me and you. He says, There's a treasure in you and me. Amen. We're weak and we are fragile, but God uses us, amen, as instruments of his power. God uses us. All we need to do, and this is why we need to submit to God, amen, submit to his power so that he can use us in any way that he wants to use us. Hallelujah. Look at all of the, the things that Saul did. But yet still God says, he's one of my called out ones to carry my power. Don't ever try to judge people, especially by their past. Amen. <clears throat> if you were write down Psalm 24, 7 through 9, and I start liking the Passion Translation, and it says we are living gateways. God is about to come through you, just like he was about to come through Saul. He's about to come through you. So why? So that God can get the glory. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. But God needs to purge his people. He needs to cleanse our hearts. It's not that we're bad people, but he's trying to prepare our hearts. If your heart is not right, how can you have compassion for a person that has nothing? You think about those um, um, people, that missionaries that go over to those poor countries, I just say, God, be with them. And I sometimes don't 
understand how they can endure it, but they do because God is with those people. He is with them, and I'm telling you, just the, their presence over in the poor countries is such a blessing, and they love those people because God has put that in their heart. Do you think they were just got up out of bed one day and said, I'm going to go? No, it doesn't work like that. But there, there has to be a, a, a call on your life. God has to prepare you for these things. And so some things that we go through, some hard times, is preparing us for what's to come. We don't know what God may ask us to do. <clears throat> but it's good to be prepared. And it's good to submit yourself to God. Because if you don't submit to God, you're going to submit to the world's power. <clears throat> you'll submit to God. I mean, you'll submit to the wrong thing. And so you need to submit to God. Amen. Because he's doing a work in us. Okay, let's flip back over to Acts 9. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I don't think I'm quite finishing there. I might be, but let me see. <clears throat> if we read verse 21 of, of chapter 9. Yeah, we did. Let's let's go to verse 22. It said, but Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwell in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. I read that, verse 23. And now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Now he's on the opposite end of the stick. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. And then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. Amen. Why? So that he could go and lay hands on the sick. Amen. And see them recover. Amen. And this is why most people don't want to pay the price. They don't want to pay the price. Because they know that it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of obedience. And so they just rather run into the pulpit and just do whatever with no power. And this is what causes people to become hurt, become confused. But I'm telling you, if you have a, pre a pastor that preaches out of this Bible and preach truth, you need to stay and get it. Amen. Because there's many that have the title <clears throat> because they want the glamour of the pulpit but they don't want to go through into the trenches with you amen see with a lot of pastors the trenches is for the people but not for them amen and so they just rather get it and as long as they can put on a facade and not preach the word and draw a big crowd that's what people like most people but you are not of that breed amen hallelujah so they don't want what the sacrifice entails. They don't want to go into the fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They don't want to go into the lion's den like David. They don't want to fight Goliath. <laughs> they ain't doing it. But they want to put on a suit and get up there, there with great swelling words. The Bible tells you and warns you against that. Amen? Not that you can't have good times in the pulpit but you gotta pay the price amen hallelujah and it ain't easy because when everybody gets attacked you in the front line amen <clears throat> but a lot of times people who are up front duck they go down into the whistle foxhole and wait until it's over but that's not how god planned things amen if you in the foxhole, well, number one, we ain't going in the foxhole. We on the front line. We're going to fight because, you know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're, we're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. And we're equipped to fight them because what's inside of us is all that we need to, to wage a good warfare. It's what's on the inside, that strength, you know, and God taking the false stuff from us and, and, and what is it? infusing us with the right things, power, might, authority, and all of these things, goodness, meekness. you got these things on the side, but you have the authority to walk in the name of Jesus Christ and know who you are. 
see, this is why it's so important to know who you are and know who you are in him. And when you know who you are, you don't have a hard time humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. Some people, that's all they have is that false facade. It's all they got because they will not humble themselves to allow God to work on their hearts. No, it ain't easy. Nobody likes it. Do you like it? I don't either. I don't like it. But it's a must be so that you can get to the next place because God will allow us to keep these raggedy habits for years. But it's time to get delivered and set free. Amen. Why? So we can gain more ground for the kingdom of God. You know, lengthen our cords, stretch out, and go beyond what God has allowed us to do. And say, I'm going for the goal. Amen. I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. The kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. And so we want to do what God has called us to do. The world hates you if you're straight. Think about it. Amen. I'm just going to let y'all think and dwell. If you're straight, you're a problem person. The world doesn't like straight people. God is getting his people straight. Amen. And so they certainly don't want to be on straight street. But we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And he will lift us up. Hallelujah. Amen. You're crazy if you're straight. But God loves people who are who allow him to align things. Amen. Some things you don't want to let go because some things make us feel comfortable. But do we need them? No. So what, what do you do? You decide to let it go. Just like all that other stuff. I'm going to let that go too. I don't want to because that's a nice crutch. But I'm going to let it go too. Amen. Because God wants to cleanse us. And he wants to do all of the things that we need. But the world will hate you when you get straight. Let's go to Luke 3. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. Luke 3, verse, <clears throat> verse 4. Huh. Okay, let's go to 3. Luke 3, verse 3. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching the, a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Talking about Jesus. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. See, I didn't make this stuff up. I got it off the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people sit and judge, oh, she's just saying that. Cause did it. No, I got this from the Lord days ago. Didn't want to preach it because it wasn't exciting enough. I want to chop heads. But he, this is what he wanted me to preach. Amen. Prepare ye the way of the Lord so that he can make crooked paths straight. Every valley shall be filled. Hallelujah. And every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. That means the problems in your life. The small stuff that you've been seeing. We got delivered of sin and all this other big stuff. But the little stuff that like to hang on, like your insecurity, you know, and, and your bad spending. You ain't been balancing your checkbook. And whatever else it is, thinking wrong, that's a big one. We need to get our thinking straight. God is coming for that. And you need to have it right here saying, here, God, take it because I, I don't want it no more. Amen. Because it's been holding me back. A good way to thing to know is if you are not where you want to be. If you are not where you want to be and you're a Christian, then this is for you. Hallelujah. He'll make the crooked places straight. Verse 5 says, 
Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. And the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. So see, God is doing an inner working on his people. He's doing an inner working. And what do we do? We fight back. But he wants a new you. Amen. I want a new me. Why? So I can be more effective for God. Amen. Hallelujah. But the world will fight you. And the devil will speak to you and say, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't right. I mean, he's always going to come up with something. He's going to come up with something that makes sense so you get off the potter's wheel. But I'm telling you, this is a new era. It ain't going to be no other time like this. You either for or against because of the timing. And see, we as the children of Ithacar, we know how to sense the timing of God. And so if you know the timing of God, you know you better allow God to do what he wants to do. Have his way in your life so you can do uh, an effective work for the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hardness of heart needs to go. We've allowed the world to creep in and blind us. And I know it seems not real, but that the world still has a, a great impression on the people of God. Amen. But we must submit to God's authority and allow the word to change us. <clears throat> and this ain't no game. I just let you know, this is not a game. Amen. This is the season for this to happen. Our souls must be converted by the word. So God is bringing things into alignment with his word. Hallelujah. I would love to preach a happy message, but this is what you need for right now. Amen. God never leaves us in confusion. And so he always lets us know what's going on. And this is the deal. And you know it in your heart. You know it's time. Those things that's been lingering that you really want to get rid of because it's not helping. You know, we need to just allow God, you know, get in your word more. Just, well, do I have to be a zombie? Yeah. (laughs) And it's a good feeling, amen. Because I don't know anybody else that's handing out anything that's worth this. Amen. Hallelujah. So get in your word and overdose on it. Well, in in other words, you can't overdose on the word because we never get enough. So do what you need to do. Amen. (laughs) Get what you can get while it can be gotten. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Verse, let's see, Matthew 13. Let's go to try verse 15. Hmm. It says, for the hearts of the people have grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and least they should understand with their hearts the gospel and and turn but we say and be converted so that i should heal them so people should hear with their hear with their ears because see when you are in tune with the world you you can't hear let's go back up to Let's go to 13. Go back to 13. It says, therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Talking about that describes religion, religious people a lot. It says, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Amen. 
And then 15 says, for the hearts of these, this people have grown dull. Why? Because of the world. <clears throat> the impact. The world has an impact and an influence on you and me. And this is why uh, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Be transformed. Hallelujah. God, or in other words, be converted. That's what that means. Be converted. Allow God to convert you so that you would see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your hearts the gospel and be converted and God will heal you. That's all God is trying to do. I should have just said that and let you go. God just wants to convert you. He wants to so he can heal you and so he can get some work out of you. Amen. Why? So his name shall be glorified. So God will get the glory. Hallelujah. Verse 16 says, but blessed are your eyes for they see God is talking to me and you and your ears for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men, and listen to this, desire to see what you see. Many prophets and righteous men. I think that falls in the line of preachers, teachers. They desire to see what you see and did not see and to hear what you hear and did not hear. But they up there, they up there in the pulpit with tens of thousands preaching a, a, a soft porn gospel that tickles the ear of itching ears. I'm telling you, this is what's going on. People want to get away from the harsh word because it's mean. It ain't mean. It's necessary. Amen. Why? Because there's a lot of wolves out there in sheep's clothing. And they want to manipulate you into it's, This is the manipulation. God understands. It's okay. It ain't. Because God, there's some rules God would love to change so that he can help me and you, but he can. Because of the laws of the, the kingdom. The kingdom is run by laws, just like this natural land. There's laws. And so we have to be aware of what's going on. Look, verse 18, it says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. You could just read that yourself. Amen. But there's ears that's hard of hearing and eyes that are closed. And we're opening them right now. See, this is why God is doing this last, this in this last season, he's doing this work. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see, where am I going? God is calling his people into a straight way, converting their souls. See, that's what needs to be converted. We're saved, sanctified, set apart from the world, but our souls need converting. Well, why why are you saying that? Because you still like the things of the world. Amen. They're tempting. When a good when you wake up and it's not a good day, you're having a bad day, first thing you think about is going back where you came from. <laughs> and this is why we need to be in alignment. You ever seen like a, a machine has to be, they call a well-oiled machine. If you've ever looked at a car, what's that thing under there, the engine? That engine, and it runs like this, that belt, is, everything is, is running in unison with the other parts. That's what God is trying to do to the body of Christ. Amen. And it needs to be done. Hallelujah. Because the world needs us. We need, they need to hear from us. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So the world is groaning for the children of righteousness to preach to them. I couldn't find that scripture. I had it. I used it so many times, but I forgot where it was. The children in the world, remember that scripture said they are groaning for, and this is why God is doing a work in us, 
because the people who are in the world who need Jesus and who wants to change their life for the better, they're tired of the world and what the world is offering them. And so they are groaning for us to come and lay hands and, and share what we know about Jesus. Amen. And so this is for them. Amen. They want us to preach for them so that the scales can fall from their eyes like Saul. And he became Paul. Amen. And that those scales falling from his eyes symbolize a spiritual transformation that allowed him to see truth. And that's all we want for the children of disobedience. We want them to hear truth. Amen. And so instead of getting under them and, and siding with them, you got more, so much more. You tell them, oh, no, you don't, you don't lead me. I lead you because there's something that I have that you need. Amen. And you have to turn that thing around because the world thinks they have power. They really do. Hallelujah. So Paul knew that truth about Jesus needed to be told. And once those scales fall, fell off of Paul's eyes, his heart became uh, conformed or transformed. His mind was renewed. There was no turning back for him. Once he knew that Jesus was Lord, <clears throat> and that day on straight street, he became straight. He didn't want to turn back no more. Amen. He says, there's no turning back for me. He picked the gauntlet up and he ran with it. Amen. And he pressed. I pressed. He pressed and he contended for the faith. Amen. And he continued to um, do what he do exploits in God, but not quit, but press to the mark for the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. He wouldn't stop. He didn't let jail stop him. He didn't let, because see, he put people in jail. That didn't accept, disturb his world. Amen. He knew at some point he would get out and master this thing. All he had to do was stay in the game. And when you fight or contend for the faith, that's like, um, and this is what Paul did when he became, Saul became Paul. He contended. For the faith, God taught him by the Spirit how to contend for the faith. And it's like when you are in a rest, a wrestling match, and you have an opponent, and you know how those these wrestlers can lock each one, lock in, and you and that you uh, immobilize them, and they can't move. Well, this is contending. You got to wrestle with that devil and contend for the faith to stay in faith. Amen. So God wants us to contend just like a wrestler does. He keeps his opponent down. He don't let up. You got to keep pounding the devil with the word of God and not let up. You can't let him run all over you. Amen. <clears throat> you run over him. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul went on to write two thirds of the, of the gospel, the New Testament, and he pressed toward a high calling. He didn't do things just any kind of way, just to, to say he did something. But he did it the way he was trained to do. Amen. Hallelujah. He endeavored to know him in his suffering and in his resurrection. So he, he was never satisfied with just pleasing God. But he wanted to go all the way in in the presence of the Lord, but carrying the Lord with him in his heart and experiencing what Jesus experienced. Amen. He wanted to experience everything that Jesus experienced. And so this is part of the call that is on our life. Amen. <clears throat> so it's such, it was such a, ch a change in him. And there is a change in us. Every day we are being changed from glory to glory. Amen. God wants our light to be seen by the world. Now, how does the light, the light of Christ that's inside of you, because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, how does that light be seen by the world? I'll let you think about it for a minute. How does that light that's on the inside of you, how does the world get to see that light? 
the Bible says that, um, let's see, the Bible tells us that we have to be conformed, not to, not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that our souls are converted. And when you, you will see them, you know them by the fruit that they bear. So people will know you. They will see that light by your fruit. Amen. The fruit that you, that you display. But the thing about it is, and this is why I'm pausing, because I want you to think about this. Uh, a vessel cannot, you can't see the light through a vessel unless the vessel has been broken. And this is what I want you to understand. Are y'all getting that? The vessel must be broken. A broken vessel. And the vessel is you and me. And we have to allow God to break us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. i let that sink in a little bit. We have to be broken vessels. Or you can't see the light inside of you. In other words, you can't take your pride, your arrogance, your bad attitude. Can't take that stuff with you where God wants you to go. You got to be broken. And if you're not broken, if the vessel is not broken, then nobody will see the light that's inside of you. Because we all love the Lord. But, you know, don't allow yourself to be lumped in with the bad people. Just submit to God. Submit to his authority. Amen. Because he loves us so much. He's, uh, what's the word we got? Head over heels in love with us. Crazy. <clears throat> Crazy in love with us. Amen. So God wants our light to be seen by the world, but light cannot be seen in a vessel unless the vessel has been broken. In other words, you got to go through the, through the process. Don't hate the process. The process is good for us. We need to be broken. Amen. All of that stuff that binds us. Fear. You'd be surprised. The fear, the anger, and the unforgiveness, the bitterness, all that stuff's got to be broken. Or you can't do the work that God has sent you to do and so that's the hour that we're living in today god is straightening out he's aligning things in your life on the inside and on the outside he's aligning these things with his word and so if you feel like you're being spun out of control just hang in there amen is this good news amen hang in there amen because God is straightening out the crookedness in the church. And this is a, this, everybody's going through this. Some people are submitting to the Lord's, Lordship of Jesus Christ. Others aren't. Because they worry about how is it making them look. <laughs> and so God is straightening out the crooked places. In other words, he's realigning your life to fit in with what he's doing. And so his word is here, and some of us are here and here where we all over the place. It's okay. And God is bringing us in alignment with his word. Amen. So we can do a thorough work on the inside. He's converting your soul. And that's why you sometimes think about quitting. But don't quit. Amen. He's just making the crooked places in your life straight. And that means other people who are close to you, family members, honey, he's bringing them in line. We should be thanking God. God gets the glory. Give him the glory for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God wants to be, he wants to bring everything that concerns his children in alignment. So that another reason, so he can bring it to pass. And then suddenly, suddenly. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you write down Isaiah 48, 3. Let me see if I can find that right quick. Isaiah 48, 3. Here it is. And it's sitting no out. It says, I have declared the former things from the beginning, 
and they went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it. He caused you to hear it. And suddenly I did them, and they came to pass. So watch the suddenlies of God. See, we have this on our date, on our calendar, and God don't go. He doesn't go according to anybody's calendar except his own. Verse 4 says, because I knew that you were obstinate and your neck was an iron sinew and your your brow bronzed. That means a mean face, sour puss. It says, and even from the beginning, I have declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you. Least you should say, my idol has done them, and my carved image and my molded image have commanded them. And so, in other words, God is saying this. He says, I, I declared this from the beginning. He says, you didn't believe it, and it went unchecked. You put it on the shelf and let it go. It got dust on it. He says, so I'm bringing those things to pass, and I'm doing it. Let's see. Let's go down to verse 11. It says, for my own sake. So he's doing it for his own sake. He says, my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. And so God is not going to let man take the glory for what he is doing in the suddenly. But you must trust him. Stay on the potter's wheel until he's finished with you. OD on the word. Take your medicine. And allow God to use you in this season. Amen. All right. I'm finished. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Praise God. We thank you for your word, Lord God. We love you and we exalt you. And we lift you up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And praise.